Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of week of March 24th through uh, April 1st, actually. I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, and I'm joined by Alex Plant. Coming directly to you. Ben Lamoureux. Hey, what's going on? So this week we had a Nintendo Direct. Tons of meaty stuff about Smash Bros, about Mario Kart. It's super exciting. We're going to talk about that in this week's discussion section. But first, as always, we are going to round up the week in review in a news segment. So uh, let's dig in. At the beginning of the week, Sakurai said that Takamaru was initially planned to be a playable character in Super Smash Bros for Wii U and 3DS, but he was cut because he wasn't well-known enough. So what do you guys think about well, I agree with him personally. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what do you guys what do you guys think about that? Like, um, like where's the line for, for who is or isn't famous enough to be in Smash? And do you think Takamaru could be in Smash Bros. 5? I mean... I think it's got to be a good balance between characters that can naturally have, like, a good moveset just based on what they do in their game and also popularity. And I feel like he's just nowhere near far enough on the second scale. Well, at the same time, you've had Takamaru uh, Murasame Castle references in Nintendo Land, and there is uh, there is an assist trophy, and they just released the game for the first time on uh, on Virtual Console. Right. So. Uh, so that, I mean, that kind of leads me to, to ask, like, do you guys think Takamaru is going to be playable in Smash 5? I personally think, like, at this point he's a shoe, and if he was going to be in Smash 4, if now he has the assist trophy, I feel like he's going to get the Little Mac treatment. I think that Nintendo might be revving up to to make a new Murasami Castle game um, just because of how many references they've had to the series uh, in the last two or three years. Well, I would say in addition to that, uh, if they're having this much trouble cranking out Zelda games, they need some other analog to that to be releasing on their systems, and Takamaru is pretty close uh, gameplay-wise. So they need something like Takamaru, and so it, it they seem to love bringing black, back classic franchises, so this would be a good opportunity. That's a good point, and I think, you know, just the idea of a ninja game is pretty cool anyway. Yeah, a Nintendo ninja game. Yeah, like that. yeah. Splatoon is coming out soon, and it's Nintendo's first attempt at making a real shooting game. Uh, actually, the release date was recently confirmed as May 29th. But Reggie Fizame says that he hopes that it does for shooters what Mario Kart did for racing games. The quality that he points out that makes Splatoon different from contemporary shooters is that uh, Splatoon, as he says, isn't just about kills, but rather it's designed to be fun no matter what your skill level is. I'd say, in addition to that, uh, the Splatoon has these sort of breakout mascot characters and that's something that you don't see in most modern shooters uh, especially online heavy shooters uh, and that but that is something you see in lots of nintendo games so it could be an opportunity for them to use mascot characters mm-hmm. uh, not just in this genre but in other genres too to kind of give them that nintendo touch yeah splatoon's got a lot going for it i think and you know this is a game that i think a lot of people are going to enjoy but i don't really see it having the mass cultural effect of like a mario kart just because it's cursed with being on a system that has such a low install base and it's mm-hmm. you know heavily online on a system that doesn't really have a huge online install base either yeah, it's it's definitely coming way too late in the Wii U's life to have any kind of major impact, even on sales of Wii U. Yeah, I absolutely so. agree. Um, so that that brings us nicely into the, to the next point, though. Like Reggie said, that he hopes that Splatoon becomes a major IP for Nintendo in the future, and I'm kind of wondering, like, if the conditions are right for that to happen. Because, like you guys said, the Wii U has a terrible install base. Uh, it's especially not popular for online games, and Splatoon is pretty much online exclusive. I mean, they have some really good-looking single-player modes. Those look really good. I'm really excited for them, but it's obviously really heavily based in um, online, team-based co-op. So I'm concerned that there is not a large enough install base for the Wii U for Splatoon to really make a big impact, and I'm concerned that if it doesn't make a big impact, that Nintendo wouldn't be willing to revisit it until several years down the line instead of just like at the next console generation i see i see kind of three factors uh going on with splatoon in terms of whether it could be an enduring franchise uh one of them is that it's been demoing pretty well which is a pretty good sign for maybe it'll be kind of a small scale sort of minor hit if so then it as we carry over to future generations that could give it momentum but at the same time i really don't see how they could turn splatoon into an ip that isn't on wii u especially since the way that they focus on covering the map in paint relies so much on the Wii U gamepad. Uh, I feel like once you divorce it from the Wii U gamepad, it becomes really difficult to justify uh, its core concept. And thirdly, while I really like the Inklings and I really like the transformation to the squid, uh, I feel the octopus enemies are kind of not very memorable. Oh, I agree with you. Like, And that. that's a big thing if you want your 
IP, your intellectual property to be big is you need a memorable villains. And that's Mm -hmm. just not there. So something sort of along the lines that Alex was saying, um, I don't really see Splatoon being this like major IP that becomes, you know, a big part of Nintendo's plans. I see it more being that game that has like the devout cult following that just thinks it's the greatest thing ever. But you know, there's like 12 of them, but other three. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) But, But for that to happen, Nintendo has to support Wii U's online infrastructure for, like, years to come. It can't be like Wii, where as soon as the next console's out, they just kind of cut support for a lot of the old games on the the old system. So it's, it's going to be hard for this to be an IP that really gains hold, because Nintendo just has to support it. So a few months ago, there were rumors sparked by the Wall Street Journal that said Netflix and Nintendo were working together on a Netflix-exclusive Zelda series that aimed to be something sort of like Game of Thrones for all ages. Uh, Neither company has acknowledged the rumors until recently when Iwata said that the Wall Street Journal's article was, quote, not based on correct information. So the question now is whether this is an outright rejection that a Zelda Netflix series is happening, or whether it's a sort of coy kind of way to let things fizzle out while the companies get their ducks in a row and prepare to reveal um, a different kind of plan for, like, a Netflix series in the future. I mean... You're right, it is a coy kind of way of saying, well, I'm just not going to talk about it. Uh, he doesn't say, oh, well, we're not working on anything like this. He says, this rumor right. is not based on correct information, implying that somewhere out there there is correct information. But I really couldn't, I really couldn't say. I think, I think if they're going to reinvigorate the Zelda series popularity, they need to try to put it in the League of Game of Thrones. But uh, that doesn't mean that that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that the Wall Street Journal would make anything up, but it sounds to me like they they just caught on to like a, a really small nugget of information about something that may or may not happen, and they kind of ran with it. That's kind of the vibe I get off of it. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely what I got when the story was originally published a few months ago. But especially because the Wall Street Journal is usually such an incredibly reliable source. Um, And if the story doesn't have a nugget of truth to it, at least, they'd have had to practically make the story up, which I have a really hard time believing they would do. I would agree with that. Cool. Okay. (laughs) Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions is an orchestral concert series by the same people who made the popular Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses. And they have just added 30 new tour dates to Symphonic Evolution. So if you're a fan of Pokemon and you like the game's music, I really recommend you try to catch a show. Um, I saw the one in Pittsburgh a couple months ago, and oh my god, it was fantastic. Um, I don't know if either of you two have seen a show. I think there have only been two of them. No, I haven't seen it. Ah, it's too bad. So a few days ago, a supposed leak showed up on Reddit of a 3DS port of Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. As with most supposed leaks, it turned out to be fake, but it absolutely blew up, which to me says two things. One, that people really like the Thousand Year Door, which is no surprise because that game is amazing. And two, people really want a Paper Mario game on the 3DS. Yes, the first Paper Mario game on 3DS. Yes. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) at this point, shouldn't they just put it on Wii U and just forget that other game what that game? doesn't exist what doesn't game? exist I, to be fair uh-huh. it had good level design <laughs> yeah, and that's what i hear honestly i don't really like the thousand year door uh, okay well you're not welcome to any more uh, episodes of this podcast second well maybe i should co- put a caveat i don't like it nearly as much as i like the first one that's fair the first one is also fantastic but anyway so uh there hasn't been a traditional paper mario formula game in 11 years so that series is really really ripe for for a comeback to you know back to its roots uh and paper mario fans are really clamoring for something that's like the original two uh at the same time nintendo really wants to remake games for nintendo 3ds we've talked uh before in the podcast we actually had like a whole discussion segment uh because nintendo said that that a lot of their 3ds strategy going forward is remaking old games so the question is this rumor was fake we know that but is it possible that Nintendo is remaking Paper Mario or Paper Mario Thousand Year Door uh, regardless of this? We know it's fake, but is it possible that they are thinking of returning to Paper Mario's roots anyway? Thinking of turning, returning to Paper Mario's roots? Yeah, probably. But I think that would be a new game. Um, yeah. They might remake Thousand Year Door. And I say Thousand Year Door because Paper Mario is about to be available on Wii U Virtual Console, and so they'd be kind of competing with themselves. Yeah, that really hurt my dreams. 
what I was really hoping was they would uh, upgrade both Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. They would upgrade Paper Mario to 3DS and upgrade Thousand Year Door to Wii or U. Or make a dual release of both on Wii U and HD. Well, that would be even better, obviously, but I'm sure they, they want... I'm sure Nintendo wants the 3DS to have a Paper Mario game. <laughs> and I think this is something I, I brought up maybe a couple weeks ago on the podcast, but... Back in like 2013, someone who works for Intelligent Systems, which is the company that makes Paper Mario, put on their resume that they were working on a new unannounced Wii U game. So, and that was after uh, Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem had already been announced. So, but I mean, we haven't really heard anything from them since then. So, could be Paper Mario, maybe not. I'm hopeful. A fan of Super Mario 64 remade Bob-omb Battlefield in the Unity engine and made it playable through your very own web browser. Nintendo, unfortunately, forcibly removed the project, so it's no longer available. However, you can see footage of it from before it was taken down if you'd like to see how Super Mario 64 would look in the modern day. Interestingly, they removed it one day before today, which for you guys listening is yesterday, assuming you're listening on April 2nd. <laughs> so many Amusingly, yeah, <laughs> they they took it down on March 31st, and on April 1st, they announced that Super Mario 64 was coming to Wii U Virtual Console. Also, they released Super Mario 64 for Wii U Virtual Console. So, if you hear that, you can play Super Mario 64 on Wii U right now, as you're listening already. You know, if anything, if Nintendo did make a Super Mario 64 HD, I would think this fan project would just, like, serve to raise hype for it, because they only released the first level and it just exploded on the internet. It was... You know, yeah, trending it was on really social weird. media and everything. So also, it wasn't really a very good remake of the first level. No, no they, it wasn't even very. They good. changed a lot. Um, well, I, I will say though, I thought they didn't change a lot. I thought they they left the wide open N sixty four spaces and like retextured them, did a couple new models, but didn't really fill it with any interesting new content. Well, which I mean, N sixty four games when you remake them in HD, you got to fill them with new content because N sixty four had a ton of wide open spaces that were acceptable back then because it was 3d oh my god but now it just looks boring yeah fair enough <laughs> by far the biggest story of the week is that zelda u has been delayed it's no longer a priority for the game to release in 2015 and instead they're going to focus on making the game the best it can possibly be onuma wants zelda u to give players an incredible sense of exploration that hasn't been felt in any zelda game to date including uh some of the very first ones and the team has come up with so many things to make that vision a reality that they need more time to fully realize all of those ideas. So he says the goal now is to create the ultimate and most complete Zelda game. Uh, those are his words. So what do you guys think about this this delay? Well, I mean, obviously it kind of sucks because Wii U's been without its first original Zelda game for it'll have been probably about four years by the time this thing actually drops. So from that perspective, um, I'm... I mean, it's it's not the best situation, but at the same time, uh, you know, what we've seen so far just hasn't really been very exciting, uh, mm -hmm. at least as far as you would expect to be excited from a Zelda game. You'd expect right. to be excited about the world. You'd right. be expect to be excited about, like, the monsters and the, and well, the story. So, I don't know about you. I'm personally really excited about the idea that it's, that there's, you know, life in every corner, in every grove, and there's, you know, there's a secret everywhere you go, but... The VGA demo they showed, it was so visually gorgeous, but the world just felt so empty. I mean, they said, like, there could be a dungeon behind that rock, but I'm willing to bet there wasn't a dungeon anywhere close. <laughs> well, <laughs> honestly, I got the sense from the, the demo that they were intentionally just showing us navigation and that they didn't want to show anything else off yet. Uh, it was very it important to tell us that horses don't usually run into trees. Exactly. <laughs> like, that was, a, that was the first thing they really showed. I don't know that they were aiming to show us those kinds of well, things well so i mean you may be right but i mean there's also the issue that like every tree was just the same model plastered in yeah to like the same yeah. pegs it, you know it, it didn't look like it was really the living breathing world that um it ought to be ideally <laughs> well yeah that it ought to be so i'm thinking that this delay could be the for the better because i was frankly really concerned that with a 2015 release they wouldn't be able to turn what they showed us at vga into the game that we actually want Zelda U to be, and the game that Nintendo wants Zelda U to be. No, I agree. If they've shown off a game less than a year before it launches, and you can't even really figure out what it's about, and that means more showing more than just, oh yeah, there's an open field, then you need to re re-announce your game, basically. Well, especially so. when the map is so big! 
yeah when you if you if you account for for how long the the map is uh it takes an hour to travel from one side of it to the other by horse which At is least. insane yeah. That's and we still don't know what we still don't world. even know what we're going to be doing in this world. We right. just know that it's there. And so that's so. that's why I had so many doubts that um, if it released in 2015, it was going to be a good game. And so I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm very relieved that it's coming in 2016, and this gives me a lot more hope for for Zelda U. Yeah, I think we can expect some pretty big changes just from what they've they've shown us so far. Like Aonuma's language in the announcement didn't really seem like a and we need a little more time to add a few features here and there. It sounded more like an overhaul to me. And mm-hmm. I think the reason it's skipping E3, I mean, like, a lot of people kind of expected it to get delayed, but a lot of people were shocked that it's skipping E3 when they've already right. shown it off twice. And I think the reason why they're doing that is the first time they showed off the game at E3 last year, we, uh, you know, we got to see, like, the pretty graphics, and you got to see you know, laser beams and explosions. It was just, like, sort of an exciting <laughs> grab-your-attention Sounds trailer. like a space game all of a sudden. It's, it's Michael Bay making Zelda, right? It, it, even <laughs> made, it even made Star Wars sounds, which I thought was interesting. Pew, pew. Anyway. So then, the second time they showed us the game at the VGAs, the focus was on, look at this huge freaking overworld. Look at this map. Look how far you can go. So I think when it comes to E3 2015, if they're going to show off Zelda... They got to show us core gameplay. You know, they've they've shown us some mm-hmm. of the exciting head turning stuff. They showed us the big world. Now they got to show us the meat of the game. And I think the reason it's not coming to E3 is because they have no meat to show us yet. Because they've gone back to that core gameplay and said this isn't working. Let's change it. And that's why yeah. I think it's skipping E3. Yeah, I, I'm completely with you. If you look at exactly what he said, he said something like, "We've been playing around in in this vast open world with lots of freedom." And we've come up with new ideas, which makes it sound like they're kind of learning uh, as they go how this should work. So, yeah, I definitely agree that uh, they need time to overhaul uh, how they approach that freedom. But in light of this Zelda news, Nintendo announced that this year's E3 is going to focus on games launching in 2015. So that means uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, Yoshi's Woolly World, Star Fox, Metroid. Maybe. (laughs) Or not. (laughs) We'll see. But my question that I'm, I've been wondering is, would Nintendo let them delay Zelda if they didn't have another 2015 system seller up their sleeves? We know that Yoshi's Woolly World has been pushed to fall, and we know we know that Mario Maker's also been pushed to fall. But I really don't think that Nintendo would let Zelda U come out in 2016 if they didn't have something else um, for holiday 2015 to really... Um, get people excited well we know iwata said that they do have more unannounced wii u games on the way but i don't know Mm -hmm. if there's anything that's anywhere near the caliber of a zelda coming out right right well i don't i'm calling it right now super mario galaxy 3 is coming for holiday 2015 i really believe that he's staking his career on it (laughs) i'm not staking my career on it i just am saying that i believe it (laughs) nowhere did i say i was staking or at at least ead tokyo's next game right Uh, right yeah i'm not i'm not so sure that they have an ace in the hole just and particularly because they've been delaying so much stuff to fill the fall catalog uh it might wind up being that star fox just becomes the holiday title just because there's nothing else but Uh, star fox sells so poorly oh i know (laughs) oh i know but it's miyamoto's big game so i mean obviously it's a miyamoto's games are going to save nintendo well Um, to be fair so far nintendo's big holiday games really have not made much of a difference in terms of system sales as in nintendo's first holiday with wii u sold as uh as many consoles as their second and third ones combined so yeah it was i mean just Uh, just the hype alone sold more games than smash bros or new super mario 3d world did well and amiibo probably made more of money for them than any of the holiday games they've been putting out anyway last year so that's fair enough uh, but getting back to their focus on 2015 games uh, I'm actually kind of glad that they're focusing on 2015 this year at E3 because it seems like in past years, and this isn't just limited to Nintendo, companies have been like dumping games that aren't even going to release for another year or two, and it's or three. It gets kind of or three or never in the case of the Last Guardian, the Last Guardian, <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy. Versus... Barry's listening to this podcast crying. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm getting I'm getting kind of tired of seeing these games that may or may not come out. Uh, mm-hmm. so it, it, it'd be nice to see stuff that I know will reliably come out in the next six months at E3. 
All right, so as always, we're going to conclude the new segment of this week's show with a lightning round of little nuggets of information. After the lightning round, we're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct, so do stay tuned. So, some upcoming dates to look out for. Uh, On April 4th, which is uh, this Saturday, you'll be able to buy the regular Mario Amiibo from the Super Mario series as a standalone product without having to buy Mario Party 10. Um, April 2nd, which is tomorrow, in fact, or today, if you're hearing this, it's today, uh, Angry Video Game Nerd Adventures, the NES-inspired game starring the Angry Video Game Nerd, is coming to Wii U eShop. Mewtwo is coming to Super Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS on April 15th, 28th if you did not register on Club Nintendo, and he will be available uh, for those who did not register for $4 for each game or $5 for both, if you buy him for both. Splatoon launches on May 29th alongside a newly announced line of Splatoon Amiibo. The second DLC pack of Mario Kart 8 launches on April 23rd. And on April 23rd, there is also a big Mario Kart update that we will talk about in the Nintendo Direct discussion. But mark your calendars for April 23rd. Puzzle and Dragons Collection, if you care at all, launches on May 22nd. Uh, It's uh, in stores and in the eShop. And finally, the NES Amiibo is a GameStop exclusive, but that's coming on tomorrow, in fact. Pre-orders open tomorrow. Or today, if you're listening tomorrow. You know what I mean. <laughs> it's actually, you don't know what I mean, but it's it's today. It's today. It's April 2nd. Today. April 2nd. So then some uh, general facts from last week and reminders for you. Twitch Plays Pokemon has caught all 151 Pokemon in red version. Platonic Games may collaborate with Rare on Rare's secret project, which, which may sounds or may like not it be will be Banjo-Kazooie. It's Conquer Project Spark. Stop Just it, you. Set the expectations low now. It's grabbed by the ghoulies, too. <laughs> the UK retailer Game is giving away shiny Charizards for all 3DS Pokemon games. So if you're a UK listener, you can head over to Gamnesia and find the instructions for claiming your very own. There's yet more concept art and screenshots that have been released for Xenoblade Chronicles X. As always, it's absolutely gorgeous. There's also a launch trailer for Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, so you can check all of that out at Gamnesia.com. We got a ton of new information about Splatoon this week. Per usual, there's nothing revolutionary, but things are shaping up to look a lot like one would expect. Great single player mode coming out. There are a ton of smaller details too, and a bunch of gorgeous new screenshots to boot. So again, you can find that at Gamnesia.com. A new mod of Super Smash Bros. Melee features a toggle for stage hazards, some new game modes, and more. Uh, It basically just turns the game into a dream come true for tournament players. So if you're in the competitive scene, be sure to check it out. Also in the Smash Mod community, version 3.6 of Project M is coming soon. It includes new music, brand new stages, and lots of other really exciting changes. So you can check out the trailer, once again, at Gamnesia.com. Alright guys, so we are going to go to the break, and afterwards we are going to talk about all this news from the Nintendo Direct. And no, they were not April fooling ya. I kind of wonder what it would have been like if after, at the end of the whole thing, when all these sites were reporting it, Nintendo just said, just kidding. None of it was true. It'd be really hilarious if they said, oh yeah, Zelda Wii is not delayed. Here's There's a, a real direct coming tomorrow, guys. You have to do this all over again. <laughs> that would have been awful. Anyway, oh, we're geez. talking about the Nintendo Direct. There was a ton of great news, so be sure to keep uh, listening to this podcast. And uh, in a couple minutes, we'll pop back in after this beautiful music. Not from Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions, but from a similar project. Everybody and welcome back to Nintendo Week, where we are discussing the Nintendo Direct for April 1st, 2015. I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, and I'm joined by Alex Plant. Coming directly to you. Ben LeMoureux. Hey, what's going on? So, Nintendo Direct today. Uh, the biggest stories, I would say, to come from it are uh, Mewtwo is coming back on April 15th. We already uh, talked about that. He's got his Melee set. so if you guys were looking for a, a new fighter, 
unfortunately he's still got the melee move set i personally really like the, that move set though but uh but he does get a final smash so that's a new move he does uh the final smash is mega mewtwo y and it looks like it looks like that's going to be an attack rather than a transformation like lucario and charizard have uh which i think is nice because we have a lot of transformation final smashes so that's on april 15th for those of you who registered on club nintendo april 28th if you did not available for $4.99 for both versions, or uh, if you only have one version of the game, uh, it's $3.99, but you could also probably buy the $4.99 one and just not use the code. Or sell it to a friend for well, like two bucks. Exactly, exactly. Yep. Yeah, not using the code wouldn't make sense. I don't know why I said that. That's not even what I meant. <laughs> we don't actually endorse that, though. Let's just make that clear, since the Nintendo ninjas are listening. Cough, cough. Yes, Alex doesn't endorse that. <laughs> Colin may or may not endorse it. I make no comments. But, um, so... But Mewtwo is not the only DLC character, uh, as many were led to believe a couple months ago. But uh, Lucas is also returning as a fighter, and he's coming in June. Uh, we don't have an exact release date for that yet. We don't have a price, but uh, he does have the same moveset as from Brawl, so that's something else to look forward to. Did we get to see his final smash? No, but I'm assuming it's the same one as Brawl. I'd expect it's the same, because the rest of his moveset's the same. That or it's changed kind of like to be a clone of Ness's current one, but I think it would just be the same. That's not all for new characters, though. They are going to be doing a lot more character DLC, and what's going to blow some of your minds and make you super happy um, is that they opened a poll where you can request characters directly to Nintendo. Directly to Nintendo, Iwata said. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you, you can go in and suggest your own. I've already put in a handful. I don't know about you guys, but I already threw in, like, Shovel Knight and Isaac and Roy and Waluigi and... Garahim and Paper Mario. And... What, only those? <laughs> well, I also did a few more, but I don't remember some of them right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to give it some serious thought before I actually pitch one in, uh, or a few in, or like a dozen in. Because um, at this point, it's really necessary that the, the ones they do include really have that that massive impact, uh, especially if it's going to be right. the one that their fans are requesting. So Right, well, I figure um, the, the more you put in, like if a lot of fans are going to be requesting like certain characters. You might, they're probably just going to go based on what characters are getting the highest number of requests. So if there's a character that you want it, no matter whether or not you think they ultimately should put them in, I think it certainly helps to uh, get that visibility. Like I requested Banjo and Kazooie. I know that's never going to happen, but just on, you know, the crazy hope that if enough people do, maybe Nintendo would be willing to pursue that. See, I'd make fun of you, but I voted Libertarian, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I'm going to take some real pride in my submissions and really want yeah, them to I, be the ones that I don't pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Colin has no pride, so. <laughs> <laughs> we already knew that. I just throw all the ones that I want in and just let them do whatever. So this is really exciting for me because this is the first time that it, it really looks like Nintendo... Outside of Hyrule Warriors, I would say, that Nintendo is really committing to, like, extensive, long-term support in terms of DLC for a game. Because, you know, it took them months just to do Mewtwo and Lucas, so if they're opening up requests for multiple new characters, I mean, I think we can expect regular updates for a while. And again, this this goes back to what I said about Splatoon earlier, where it's going to be really key for Nintendo to keep supporting these online-heavy Wii U games after their next console comes out. Right. But also, what better game to introduce, like all this DLC for than Smash Bros. I mean, it's their perfect their perfect DLC model right here. Absolutely. It's it's the dream come true for Smash fans, yeah. honestly. Or Nintendo fans, period, because it's just such this broad, all-inclusive franchise. Right. There's even more. There's a new balance patch coming. I believe that's on April 15th alongside Mewtwo, which introduces the Miiverse stage finally. No, no news on tournament mode yet. That April 15th update also introduces tons of new Mii costumes. Uh, They've got a bunch based on, like, pre-existing characters. So you've got Link costumes, Dunban from Xenoblade, Mega Man X, Proto Man, um, Majora's Mask. There are some really cool new additions. And also, uh, that will be the update where you can finally share images and stages and stuff with your friends on your Wii U friend list. More Smash news! Uh, More waves of Amiibo were announced for the Smash Bros. line. Jigglypuff and Greninja, it looks like, are both coming to Wave 4. It's not really clear whether they're going to be added to Wave 4 or whether they're a different wave that's that's also in May. Looks like they're going to be added to Wave 4. So for all intents and purposes, Wave 5 is what we're going to call this next one. Wave 5 is in July. That's just Dark Pit and Palutena. 
and Wave 6 is in September with Olimar, Bowser Jr., Dr. Mario, Zero Suit Samus, and Ganondorf. Yeah, my wife has made it a requirement for me to get Palutena, so I'm going <laughs> to actually have to pay attention because those will probably go like before I can even think about it. Well, you know, they have They're to make them by gone, hand, so <laughs> You're too all late. six of them. In addition, Mewtwo and Lucas will both get Amiibo, so there was a lot of you know uncertainty over whether DLC characters like Mewtwo would get Amiibo or whether they would be uh, left out. Um, I think it makes sense that they're getting Amiibo because it would be weird to have just a couple characters on the roster who just never get the same figure player support because Amiibo is really something in Smash Bros that thrives on having like any character that you want. So I think it makes sense to add them. It's sort of nuts how uh, protracted this release schedule is for the Amiibo because you've got uh, Wave 6 coming in, what, September? Mm-hmm. So the Lucas and, and Mewtwo would have to come after that. So that could be November. That'd be like a year after launch that they're still releasing new Amiibo for Smash. Oh, yeah. Well, after Wave 6, they still will only have, what, 35 or 40 that yeah. launched. And there are f- going to be at least 52 characters now with Lucas and, and Mewtwo. Well, plus at least one more for the uh, player-requested ones. Yeah. And that and that's not even going to be decided. They're not even closing the poll till like, October. Oh, did they announce that they're closing the poll? I think I think they had it. They set a close date. I think it was October. Okay, so I will be sure to spam Waluigi as much as I can. <laughs> Let me see. King if I K. Can roll too. That. Oh yeah, K. Roll. The uh, the deadline is the third of October, so the first ah. anniversary of the 3DS games release. Okay. So that means okay. it'll be a while before it comes. So out. be sure to spam your King K. Rule suggestions too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Reggie Fizamek and uh, non-specific action figure. Oh, I forgot about him. I need to. I need to enter him. I yeah. would be so happy for a non-specific action figure amiibo. Let's get that out of the way. How cool would that be? <laughs> what would his final smash be like? Approving. He would oh, just approve. Yeah. He would just approve. Yeah, he would approve. <laughs> so Nintendo has announced Amiibo Tap, which is a game that samples Nintendo's greatest hits from the Virtual Console. We talked about this on the show actually before. Uh, they haven't really announced the game yet at that point, but we knew the premise of it. Uh, it's you scan your amiibo you get a three minute demo of a virtual console game and those virtual console games every time you scan your amiibo it takes you to a new scene so you can play demos it looks like as many times as you want and you can play demos of different parts of the game but the really weird thing about this is it doesn't work based on like what amiibo you scan so like mario won't unlock a certain game what it does is any amiibo that you scan will unlock like a random thing like a, a random game. So so one person's Mario Amiibo could unlock Super Mario World and another person's Mario Amiibo could unlock Metroid. And it's just, it appears to be random. Iwata quoted Forrest Gump to describe it. <laughs> he said, you never know what you're going to get. He said, it's like Amiibo Tap is a box of chocolates. <laughs> so each each individual Amiibo, though, they'll only unlock one game, right? But the game's right. random. That's what it sounds like, yeah. That's right. I gotta say, that's kind of stupid, because you can end up with multiple, yeah. like, demos for the same game, and, you know... You, it's you it's like specifically... taking the horrible unlock philosophy of Smash Bros.'s custom moves and putting it putting them onto an Amiibo game. Well, right? and the really depressing thing is I'm pretty sure there was a case where a developer wanted to do DLC that kind of worked this way, and Nintendo vetoed the idea, because they wanted to... It's popular in Japan for DLC to be distributed in, like, a pachinko fashion, where you don't really know what you're going to get. You'll you'll just pay five dollars and you'll get a random item, and that's exactly what they're doing with this amiibo. And tap people thing. do that. Yeah, people buy into it, and, and and Nintendo's always been steadfast about that being a bad business practice, and yet here they are, and they're attaching it to a merchandising scheme, no less. So it's like they're taking this already kind of bad idea that they themselves said was bad, that they themselves have said was bad, adding it to another bad idea, which is you're really just getting a demo. Uh, is is Amiibo Tap uh, a free app or? Yes, it's a free it's app. Free. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's not so bad then. Oh no, no, it's still bad <laughs> because the Amiibo aren't free. Right, but I mean, you're not buying the Amiibo exclusively for Amiibo Tap. It's kind of like an extra bonus. It's just a crappy bonus. It is a really crappy bonus. Now, I will say it would still be nice, and they haven't said anything about this yet. But it'd still be nice if they, in some way, attach some kind of discount to this amiibo tap thing it doesn't seem very likely at this point mario maker is now coming this september it's been delayed yet again i'm really hoping that that means there are some really great new features coming to it because honestly it seemed like it was pretty damn near complete at e3 last year especially if they had decided to release it as a service rather than a single standalone game. I found it interesting that in the trailer, when they showed off uh, what it's like to share levels, the interface showed 
the player's uh, catalog of levels, there was a, or a row labeled World 1 and a row labeled World 2. So I'm wondering if they've kind of engineered it so that you can string levels together to make a complete custom Mario game. Didn't we talk Maybe? about th- I think they said that they would do that. We talked about Did something they? like this Did on they the confirm show before. It? I, don't, I don't really know. I don't know, I don't know we if Nintendo's about something like this on the show that, but I think it sounds so insane. I'm, I'm sure we've said it's sure something we've we speculated. wanted. But it was yeah, interesting maybe. to see that uh, tangibly. I don't know yeah. if that'll amount to anything, but it was a cool observation. They're also planning more stuff for the 30th anniversary of Mario. They didn't announce anything, but I'm kind of wondering what that might be. We'll get a Mario Symphony tour across the world. Honestly, I would love that. Oh. <laughs> I would love that. Jaren, are you listening? Yeah, Jaren, get on it. Uh, yeah, you were talking about Super Mario Galaxy 3 earlier, and uh, it's the 30th anniversary, so, you know, play on the threes. I don't know. Half-Life 3 confirmed. <laughs> they also showed off Yoshi's Willy World, um, and it has these two these two game modes. One is a classic mode that's, you know, classic, like, Yoshi kind of style difficulty gameplay, and another is a mellow mode, which will give Yoshi wings that he can use to just, like, sort of float around all the stages to make it a lot easier for more casual players. Um, so a lot of people were like wondering whether Yarn Yoshi would be as laid back and easy as Kirby's Epic Yarn. Classic mode, it looks like, will not. But Mellow mode will be easy in a totally different way. What do you guys think about Mellow mode? Well, I think this is a game that's clearly geared towards younger audiences. So I can see them sort of, you know, including a super easy mode, essentially. So you can just enjoy all the, you know, cute graphics and all the fun things in the game without actually being challenged by it. Uh, They definitely correctly named the modes. Uh, Classic Mm -hmm. mode is always a good name for a mode. And uh, I like I like mellow mode. It has a nice ring to it. Yeah, it's very mellow. Uh, And I don't know if you guys have seen the box art, but the box art is freaking adorable. Oh, I didn't. Uh, Poochie is on the box art. Uh, really? Baby, ba- baby Bowser's actually on the box. We chart. didn't even know that these characters were going to be in the game. Yeah, that's and they, they they haven't talked about them, but but there they are. I'm surprised there's a box art already, given that the game's coming out in fall. Yeah. Oh, we we should post this. We haven't posted this on Gamnesia yet. <laughs> well, we're breaking it first on the podcast. I don't mm. know. Uh, so in addition, Nintendo is making specific amiibo for Yoshi's Woolly World, but get this, they're not statues. They're plushies. They're like little Yoshi. They're they're yarn Yoshis. They're adorable. Like, actually made of yarn. They're so cute. I'm and, actually uh, gonna amiibo. buy all of them. Me too. On yeah. <laughs> like I love these like little plush animal things. I would have bought those things as merchandise if they weren't amiibo. Um, and now they're amiibo. That's fantastic. So there there's a green one, a pink one, and a blue one. Weirdly enough, there's not a red one even though red is the color of the co-op Yoshi in Yoshi's Woolly World. Yeah. Whatever. But what the amiibo does in Yoshi's Woolly World, and it's unclear yet whether it will function differently from the Yoshi statues or whether it has a specific yarn Yoshi chip, but what it does in Yoshi's Woolly World is it gets you a second Yoshi so that you can effectively play co-op mode with just one player. So if you have no friends, then your stuffed animal can be your friend. In the game. Or if you have plenty of friends, but just none of them care to come to your house to play freaking Yoshi, which I'm sure is the case with even most people who have friends. <laughs> what, you don't throw Yoshi parties? <laughs> so you can effectively just do all the things that you normally could only do in co-op with just one player, which I think is a smart way to make every bit of the game more accessible to people who generally don't go out of their way to throw Yoshi parties. <laughs> um, and I do think they, they managed to pull it off in an interesting way, too. It's not just a, a flat copy of the co-op functionality. It works basically like the double cherry from uh, from 3D World. Does it? It didn't look like it did. Yeah, it looks like you move them. You don't move them independently. You move them together. Oh, um, there was some stuff where like one of them was ro- rolled into a ball and stuff. I don't know. I forget exactly what it they had to do to trigger that but it looked like when they were separated uh like there was a part where he spit his second one up on top of a second ledge uh Mm -hmm. as he moved his original character the other one moved along with it interesting so that could that could that's basically a new game mechanic into itself it's really it's not just a 
a holdover of the co-op mode uh, in single player. So Splatoon launches on May 29th, and it is getting its own amiibo lineup. There is an Inkling Girl, an Inkling Boy, and a Green Inkling Squid. Um, you can buy these as a three-pack on May 29th, the same day that the game comes out, or you can buy the boy and girl and in both separate uh, amiibo boxes. Let's be realistic. You won't buy them May 29th. You'll pre-order them before they run out. Yeah. <laughs> So Amiibo will uh, provide missions and exclusive gear for your characters when you use them in the game. What we don't know yet is whether other Amiibo that aren't uh, from the Splatoon series will work in Splatoon. I personally hope they will. You know, unlock they could unlock some cool costume stuff. So that that would be really exciting to me if you could get like Donkey Kong's tie or something neat like that. <laughs> it's an oddly specific item. Everyone needs a Donkey Kong tie. Well, yeah, That's I mean, the classy kids do. <laughs> Uh, uh, but, you know, like Toad's hat and like, you know, Mario clothes and like a peach dress or whatever. But anyway, even more importantly, though, I really hope that what they do is the Mario Amiibo unlocks Flood as a weapon. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. I will say I'm pretty happy with the uh, the implementation this time, which I can't say for most other games that use Amiibo. Um, I like that they, they haven't just given you costumes for f- like as an unlock you have to actually uh, go through these missions to get them uh, they don't automatically get added to your inventory or something mm-hmm. uh, and that means that they're actually adding content to your game they're not just adding a costume uh, it's a little more meaningful in my opinion right. i'm sure plenty of people though would would go the opposite route and say they're locking content behind amiibo which isn't cool and i i can see both both sides of the coin i mean yeah it's a fair argument but uh you know, I don't think this game was necessarily designed around these missions necessarily either. Right. So. right. so Nintendo has officially unveiled Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem. It was confirmed back in January 2013, I think it was. Yeah. A ton of people had thought that it was canceled, uh, but no, they revealed it and uh, it's looking pretty cool. Uh, the basic premise is it takes place in like a real world everyday setting. There are characters who like go to school and stuff. Um it sounds like a persona game yeah (laughs) sure i don't play persona i don't but the twist is that behind this real world coexists a fantasy world where there are i guess the fantasy world is where all the swords and stuff come come into play the pegasus pegasi and stuff they said there were going to be fire emblem characters they're sort of fire emblem characters they're like fire emblem style Fire well, there are some characters. characters that are obviously very closely based on Fire Emblem characters, right. if you look really closely. I can't name any of them off the top of my head, but they, they I did recognize their their faces. Um, they've been transformed into characters that fit this world, though. They're not, like, direct uh, direct cameos uh, like you'd expect from, from, from crossover. traditional crossover games. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I was expecting something more like the original trailer showed off a bunch of Persona characters, or Shin Megami Tensei, sorry, yeah. and a bunch yeah. of uh, Fire Emblem characters. I was expecting something more along those lines, um, as opposed to, you know, basically an all-new story. Yeah, and I think that's the really impressive thing about this, uh, being a crossover, that they've kind of pushed, they're pushing kind of a really original concept. They're not pushing this right. somehow this this merger of, of the two, uh, where right. they're... There's obvious Fire Emblem elements and there's obvious Shimagami Tensei elements. Right. And I think that may be part of why it's taken so long to be able to show off is because um, I think they probably in development went through a lot of back and forth over whether they should you know, do something more like a traditional crossover and, and where they should draw the line between a crossover and original content. I think they ultimately obviously settled on a heavily original game. But Yeah. And it, this game, I wouldn't have thought it would be my style, and it and and the the J-pop trailer like didn't reinforce that at, or didn't uh, combat that opinion at all. But but I like the concept that they're running with. I like the fantasy world meshing with the real world uh, aesthetic. Yeah. I like the way I like the way it looks visually. Uh, it's it's it, I was blown away, and I wasn't expecting to be. Yeah, very cool. Um, so a new update is coming to Codename Steam that lets you speed up alien turns, and that doesn't sound like it's that exciting but i don't know if any of you listening have played codename steam i don't know if if either of you two have played codename steam but from what i've played of codename steam the alien turns take forever they take at least two minutes at a time half the time you can't see what's happening so you're just waiting for what seems like nothing but now you can finally fast forward through alien turns which honestly for me brings the game score up from like a six to like an 8.5 just with that one change so yeah. i'm really excited yeah i played the demo and i 
I'd have the same opinion. I mean, I, I don't really know how long that grates on you after several hours of playing. Quite a but, bit. Uh, um, it was pretty it nuts. Really screwed well, yeah, up the you're tempo. right. You can't you can't see half the action because right. it really just screwed up the tempo. I felt honestly like playing was more of a chore than it was um, an actually fun experience. Uh, and it was 100% of the blame was on the alien turns. Every time yeah. that I was playing, I was I was thinking this game is so much fun. I wish that less than 60% of it was just sitting with my 3DS on my desk and doing something else. Because that's what <laughs> yeah. 60% of it was. Yeah. I haven't played the demo yet, but I am ridiculously impatient, so I know I would just I would not be able to put up with that the way <laughs> yeah, it was. But now that now that this update's here, I'm really excited. It turns Codename Steam into a a fantastic, fantastic new addition to Nintendo's lineup. So kudos fire emblem if got a new trailer here uh we don't know that that's the name of the new fire emblem game coming to 3ds in america but at least in japan it's called fire emblem if fire emblem if has two main stories and you can choose which one you want to pursue so there's the basic premise is that there are these two kingdoms at war and your avatar character uh now instead of being a sort of companion to the, the protagonist your avatar is the protagonist so your character was born to the hoshido kingdom uh, but he was raised by the Nor Kingdom. So he's Loki. The Hoshido Kingdom is white, uh, yeah, <laughs> and the Nor Kingdom is black. I realize now that that sounds like I'm talking about race, but I just mean the way they presented it in the trailer. Nintendo made the good guys white and the bad guys black, not well, us. Well, they're not explicitly the good guys. They're well, pretty. I mean... They're pretty heavily implied to be the good guys. The Hoshido, the, the white ones, are the, um, the peace-loving kingdom. And the Nor is the glory-loving kingdom. And it seems kind of like the Nor will just do whatever they want to get glory. And uh, so the, the storyline that your avatar is faced with is which side uh, to fight for. Will you, will you, the player, choose loyalty or uh, blood? Obviously, it depends, you know, what kind of story you're planning to experience. But it changes a ton of outcomes in the game. It really makes it a much, much richer experience. So that's that's all really fascinating to me. Uh, and the stories are actually, they end up being so different that Fire Emblem If is releasing as a black version and white version in Japan. Uh, kind of like a Pokemon kind of thing. Exactly like a Pokemon kind of thing. Well, well not quite. I won't, I won't say exactly because Pokemon technically... Pokemon has like version exclusive Pokemon. Fire Emblem If has different stories. Yeah. I meant by the names. <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, yeah, well, true. Fire Emblem uh, If white version 2. They will allow you, however, if you buy one version, you can download the uh, story content from the other version. Oh, uh, that's nice. For free? It seems like, not for free, no. Oh. Uh, it'll be about half the price of the full game. So, and it, it winds up being that uh, that you're basically paying like 1.5 times the price for the uh But us story. in America get to pay just one time. Yeah, if we're lucky. Ha 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 ha. Uh, and they're also actually uh, planning to release a third scenario. We don't know if that'll be a continuation of these first two or an, another alternate, uh, but they'll be releasing a third scenario as well. So a new Animal Crossing game is also coming to 3DS. It's called Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer. And it's not like a traditional Animal Crossing game where, uh, you know, it's focused on townskeeping and towns building. Uh, it's focused instead on interior design. So you are going to uh, design homes for these characters. Uh, your other villagers will say, like, I am this kind of person, or I am this kind of dog, or whatever. Um, and so then your job is to build a nice house for them. I don't really have much to say on this. I don't know if you guys it's do. A, it's a giant amiibo scheme. Because uh, it seems to me, based on what we saw, that the only way you get a character to design for it is if you scan in an amiibo card. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's... Uh, I think it's free to download. Oh, is that really how they um, work? Yeah, that's how... That seems to be how it works. Oh. So I'm a little skeptical, uh, but uh, I, I do like the idea of a f Animal Crossing game that's entirely focused on the cool stuff, which is the stuff you get to put in your house. But uh, it, it's like a money scheme, uh, which, I mean, I guess that's what we should expect in the era of Nintendo DLC and Amiibo, but... All of a sudden, this has gotten so much more negative. <laughs> So alongside Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer, uh, the Amiibo scanner for the original 3DS model is coming this fall. So that's basically an NFC stand that you can uh, connect to your original model 3DS or original XL uh, to scan Amiibo or Amiibo cards, which are launching alongside Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer uh, or the Yarn Yoshi thing. 
uh, which is an amiibo plushie. An adorable amiibo plushie. Three adorable, adorable amiibo plushies. Uh, Mario Kart 8's second DLC pack is launching on April 23rd. So it's not launching in May anymore. It's actually launching this month. It includes Villager and Isabel and Dry Bowser as characters. It includes four new vehicles, eight new courses. Of those new courses, they only showed off one in tonight's trailer, and that's the Animal Crossing course, which this time changes from season to season, which is a pretty nice touch. Um, you go, you know, over, you know, through the town and through the plaza and across the beach. It looks pretty fun. I was going to say Nintendo paid a lot of attention to the music for this track. Uh, they recorded it live in studio. They'll be released. They've released a, a special video that focuses on the track, and it, and it actually sounds really nice. Uh, so check that out. Well, they actually, they do that for all the tracks, which I really appreciate because I really love music. So this isn't something new, but it's still something amazing. It's uh, worth and pointing I really out, like, definitely. Yeah, and I really like the New Leaf theme too. So I, I like this new remix that they did for the track. Also coming uh, in the Mario Kart 8 update, which the update is for free. The DLC pack is not for free. They're coming on the same day though, April 23rd. Also coming in the update is a ton of new amiibo costumes. So we've got Sonic, Mega Man, Pac-Man, Toad, Rosaline and Luma, Wario, and I think I'm missing one, uh, Bowser. So that's really cool. You get some Mega Man costumes and Pac-Man costumes, and you can race as these characters in Mario Kart. That's pretty I think cool it's interesting me. that they chose so many like third-party characters instead of like Nintendo-owned IPs. Well, I think it is interesting, but I also think it's awesome. Because, <laughs> let's be real, Sonic and Mega Man are Nintendo characters. Close enough. Indeed. <laughs> and I think it bodes well for them releasing more costumes for the rest of the Smash lineup, too. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, uh, we also got an uh, Olimar costume. Yeah, that one actually surprised me. That didn't surprise me too much. I think Olimar would be a great, like, guest character. I think I think the next Mario Kart should have, like, full-fledged guest characters, and they should be, like, Kirby, Olimar, Rob, because Rob was already in him. But well, I mean, if topic, they're going to put so... in metal characters, they might as well put in guest characters. And Rob is both. <laughs> yeah, if they're going to invent new characters... <laughs> Metal um, versions of guest characters. Metal baby Dr. Mario. They let babies be doctors? <laughs> <laughs> he did not go to med school. Uh, I'm really hoping actually for palette swaps for more characters in future installments because uh, I was really kind of disappointed actually when it was just Shy Guy and Yoshi because it seems like more characters could have more interesting costumes rather than having them be have separate we don't DLC need characters. Tanuki Mario and Metal Mario as separate yes, characters. Exactly. We should have, you know, they could Metal be Mario, Tanuki Mario, Dr. Mario, Cat Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they don't need to take up other slots. We could have all the Koopalings as different costumes. Really, they should have been costumes in the first place. But we're getting too off topic. The other, the other major thing of the Mario Kart 8 DLC is a 200cc mode. Uh, so it's actually, I'm sorry, not the DLC. The 200cc mode is a free update uh, alongside the Amiibo costumes, which I think is really exciting because... I never realized that I wanted this, but I really, really want this. <laughs> yeah, I am super stoked for this because it's going to add like a whole lot of replay value to you know Absolutely. the already existing courses. And especially, can you imagine how nuts Mute City is going to be on 200? Oh, CC it's going to be with, like, so all insane. those like speed boosts. It's going to be wait. so insane. It's funny that you mentioned that because uh, already I've been hearing from people, well, doesn't this completely invalidate any concept of an F Zero on Wii U? And it absolutely actually, does. Actually, I think that it enables them to make an f-zero on wii u because they'll have introduced so many mario kart players to this level of high speed and now they can graduate to this bigger better well not bigger better but better racing game alex you're a genius but i don't know that nintendo thinks that way because that, that used to be how they worked they used to make they used to make games like you know mario was the basic side scroller and then the experts can play metroid like that used to be how they operated and it'd be nice if they operated that way now uh so i hope they they use this as an opportunity to make an F-Zero, not an excuse not to make one. And finally, something that we skipped over uh, accidentally is Nintendo 64 games and Nintendo DS games are both on the virtual console as we speak. Super Mario 64 and what was the DS game? Yoshi's Island Yoshi's DS? Yoshi's Island DS. They were yeah. both released today, right after the Direct, which was pretty cool. I'm sure a lot of people will not be super thrilled that Yoshi's Island DS was the one but I didn't really dislike that game much. That's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> I didn't dislike the game that much. Um, but uh, so we've got a great lineup of titles that's already coming. We've got um, Mario Kart DS, Yoshi's Island DS, Donkey Kong 64, Paper Mario, WarioWare Touched, um, and plenty more that are coming uh, soon. So the way that DS games work 
on this thing. It's going to be different for each game. So some some games will have the top screen of the DS on the Wii U screen and the touch screen on the gamepad. Some will like some like uh, Yoshi's Island DS. I think they showed it have the gamepad vertical, which seems like it would be really hard to play Yoshi's Island DS that way. It sounded to that me might have been like Yoshi you can. Though. It sounded to me like they're going to have several configurations to choose yeah, from, that's all, rather that's, than a set one for sense, each game. Uh, that way, if say for example, you need to play off TV, you can play off TV. Right. But if you want to use a TV, yeah, you can use the yeah, TV. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That's what I. That's the impression I got yeah. from the video. I was uh, typing so frantically. I, wasn't, I haven't I tested wasn't it out sure. though yet. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, neither have I. I don't really want to pay. I tried the N64 one because I happen to have Mario 64 on Wii Virtual Console, mm-hmm. and uh, that actually ran really well. Nice. Um, so that kind of invalidates everything we said about them not wanting to put N64 games on Virtual Console because they don't look very good. Yeah, they actually. They it seems like they upscaled really nicely. That's good. Uh, I think they're just. I think they're just running in 480p. Uh, but, it also uh, invalidates. Well, it doesn't invalidate because we said it's up in the air. But uh, so we were talking last week or two weeks ago, rather, about Donkey Kong 64 and like revisiting N64 kind of aesthetics for future games. Um, Donkey Kong 64 is coming to the virtual console. Uh, I bet uh, the guy who asked that question is super happy. It's sort of funny that it's coming at the same time that we're talking about a Banjo-Kazooie successor and uh, Microsoft being interested in Rare IP all of a sudden. Uh, so maybe Nintendo's kind of shooting back. Yeah. Not that Donkey Kong 64 is the best game to try that with. But <laughs> yeah, I liked it as a kid. I liked it too, but uh, it doesn't Country have Country 2 the... was better. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's it's not Country the best too. Donkey Kong game. Tropical Freeze is the best Donkey Kong game. Tropical they don't need Freeze, to re-release exactly. anything. They already have it. Um, yes, indeed. <laughs> and that's not sarcasm. Just clearing that up. If anyone thinks that's sarcasm, it's not. Go buy Tropical Freeze. Awesome game. I would say probably one of the best games on Wii U. Probably one of the best games Nintendo's ever made, honestly. Yeah, I would agree. But lest we turn this into a Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze love fest. So I'm actually really excited for Mario Kart DS because I completely missed out on that uh, during the DS era. I'm not very hopeful that it will be as feature-rich as it probably should be. It'd be nice to have download play, at least, since that should be theoretically possible. And I hear that's one of the best Mario Kart games, so... It's supposed to be, but... Honestly, it's just so... I find it so hard to go back to Mario Kart DS after we've got Wii and 7 and 8. I find it hard to go back to to 64 and Double Dash. Well, it's really, especially but... hard to go back to 64. But yeah. Double Dash, I yeah. can like kind of get a feel for. 64 i think is the one that's it's, aged it's the, the drifting that, that kills it for yeah. me i can't i can't even i can't super switch. mario kart has this kind of like classic vibe and like it's terrible by modern standards but like there's still something charming about it because it's just like oh how cute they tried <laughs> <laughs> well and there's there's cool things that they wouldn't attempt now like you can use the feather to jump the track right and, right and the battle mode is really solid and right. so I'm, I'm stoked for that i'm stoked for paper mario i mean i already have paper mario in like a bazillion different forms but now you can really have it in a bazillion the, really just one. the two but now i'll have another version of it because uh, i need that obviously <laughs> i just want it in hd still and this crushed yeah. all my dreams it, it does it does they do scale pretty well uh don't 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 be too sad so here's the question guys now that lucas is going to be smash bros dlc will they release mother 3 on the same day I was thinking the same thing, because uh, that's that's a perfect opportunity, especially since it seems like they hadn't put him in in the first place because they hadn't released the game in the West. So the fact that they're adding him back in means that they are acknowledging that he has this following, this global following. Right. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. I've honestly just lost hope for Mother 3 at this point. But I do think that it is weird that Lucas, of all characters is the one that they chose to bring back. Yeah, they could have done Wolf. They could have done Roy to promote Fire Emblem. I know, Wolf because of Star Fox. So, you know, maybe Lucas is coming in June alongside a Mother 3 virtual console release that they announced at E3 2016. That's their big holiday title now. They won't announce it at E3, but... And Wolf comes alongside Star Fox 64 sometime later in the year. I mean, Star Fox Wii U. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I don't think that's likely. Just throwing it out we there. We can drink. We can. So just a quick lightning round of other Nintendo Direct information, because we do that for the news segment. This di- this Direct discussion has been so news-heavy. They released an indie sizzle reel that includes a Super Challenge edition of Mutant Muds, 
Fatal Frame 5 is coming to North America. They released a video presentation on HAL Lab's new game for 3DS. It's called Box Boy. It's like a puzzle platformer. It looks pretty interesting. Nintendo has announced Pokemon Rumble World, which is a new Rumble game for 3DS. It doesn't look like it is compatible with Amiibo, which is exactly the opposite of what all of us thought the next Rumble game would be. It does look like it's free to play, though. Yeah. With microtransactions and all. Um, so I think we announced it before, but just in case, uh, Puzzle and Dragons Collection launches on May 22nd, if you're at all interested in that. Um, I kind of like hating on Puzzles and Dragons now. It's a Mario RPG where puzzles happen. And dragons. And dragons. And dragons. Nintendo has showed off the Attack on Titan game for 3DS in their presentation. Um, there's an Attack on Titan game for 3DS. It's been out in Japan for like a long time. It's coming west. Street Pass Me Plaza is getting two new games and a premium subscription service. So those two games, there's a fishing game and a zombie fighting game. Uh, they honestly look a lot better than the past round of Street Pass games that were uh, released post Street Pass. Um, but, you know, you can check out the trailer at GameNinja.com and that's up for you to decide. There's also a premium subscription service. The subscription service gives you a VIP room in your Street Pass Me Plaza, so you can put uh, special me's, you can put your friends there. Um, looks kind of neat. Oh, you can also, like, have birthdays. I don't know about you guys, it seems kind of like just a way to get more money to me. They do really put premium in the name. Yeah. So, <laughs> I honestly can't really remember about the that. last time I used the Street Pass Me Plaza. It's just, like, not a part of my 3DS. Not experience. even at E3? Uh, I maybe a totally bit collect then. puzzle pieces, but that's it. Yeah. A new trailer was released for Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, which uh, is, like, the thousandth trailer we've gotten. The, f the thing I found funniest about that trailer was it seemed like the trailer they used to make up for the fact that they didn't promote this game before, you know, when it released on Wii. Uh, I just got that vibe from it. Yeah, I agree. It definitely, you know, it was, like, the story trailer, and it had, like, this, like, this scene of him, like, peering off the cliff to, like, the waterfalls. It and it's very... completely superfluous at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that about covers it now. Oh, real quick. Uh, Nintendo also released a bunch of Mewtwo screenshots for Smash Bros. You can also check those out at Gamnesia. That They're was pretty. after the Direct. They are pretty. Well, any last thoughts, guys? What did you guys think of the Nintendo Direct as a whole? Kind of weird. Lots of DLC. Lots of Amiibo. Felt like kind of this, like, Nintendo going a route that you wouldn't have expected them to go sort of Direct rather than what the Directs were used to. I don't know. I, th I mean, we got a lot of stuff about Fire There Emblem were lots of traditional game and news, but... And I thought there was a lot of, like, good stuff. There was a lot of good stuff, but there was a lot of uh, pay-us-more-money stuff. You are certainly right that a lot of the good stuff was DLC, like Mewtwo, Lucas, Mario Kart. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for, you know, games like Smash and Mario Kart. For something like Street Pass or this new Animal Crossing game, it is pretty weird. It's, yeah, it's it's just everywhere now. It used to be when Nintendo did... When Nintendo did DLC, it was really simple. It was something really obvious, like, oh, yeah, we're going to double or almost double the amount of courses in uh, Mario Kart or something like that. Like, I don't know. That's I don't easy to understand. To that. I, I, I don't get the same vibe. Uh, it just feels like that it's a lot more piecemeal, a lot more pay for a little small thing DLC. I mean, that's, before that's it was the like, way that really boost your content. That's the way that they've done it for a while, though. Fire Emblem Awakening, uh, New Super Mario Bros. 2, Pikmin 3, they all had sort of piecemeal uh, DLC. And those were the first games they did DLC with. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong that this Direct was, like, a lot of piecemeal stuff, but I don't know that it's really... I don't know that it's different from what they've done in the past. I think it's just sort of weird that they're doing so much of it right now. Yeah, it's it's pro proliferated a lot more. Uh, and I think that's what's jarring. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, there weren't really any big announcements that jumped out of this Direct as, like, a you know huge event or anything, but all of the, the Smash and Mario Kart DLC is pretty cool. It's just nice to see them take these two really big important franchises and just support them for a long time after launch right especially with free stuff i'm, I'm way more excited for 200 cc mode than i should be <laughs> oh me too that was probably my exactly. favorite announcement today waiting for it online especially mm -hmm. i remember like they were showing that trailer and i was like they're talking about 50 cc 100 cc and i was thinking are they doing 200 cc now yeah and i don't know and where i'm going with did. that but they did 200 cc <laughs> well looks like that is all there is to cover 
So everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is the Endo Nintendo Week for today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe either to Nintendo Week on iTunes or Gamnesia TV on YouTube. And please head to iTunes to leave us a review. It really helps with visibility, so we greatly appreciate it. Especially if you're listening all the way to the end um, and you you hear this message, we'd really appreciate it if you uh, leave us a review on iTunes. So if you can't wait till next week for more of our stuff, you can head to Gamnesia.com to see more gaming news as it happens. There's Sony, Microsoft, Indie, you name it and even plenty of Nintendo news that we didn't have the time to discuss on this week's show. If you have questions or feedback for Nintendo Week, please send it to colin at gamnesia.com. That's C-O-L-I-N at gamnesia.com. Thank you all so much for listening, and we hope you have another great week. And special guest, Reggie fils Just kidding. April Fool's. I'm going to cut that out because I realize it's not going to be April Fool's anymore by the time they... <laughs> <laughs>